Hello and welcome to episode five of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is your first time listening to the podcast series, you could go back and listen to the intro episode. It explains a little bit more about what this series is about and why I started to do it. Um, we've got, I've had a number of women sort of reach out and a few other people that have kind of just contacted me suggesting women to come on this beautiful series. And I was recommended somebody a couple of weeks ago. Um, this woman is incredible. I can't wait to hear more about her story. Uh, her name is Summer. Uh, Summer is from Tasmania. She's going to tell us a lot more about her story and what she's kind of doing now. Um, but it's super exciting. I'm so happy to have her on today. I've only just met her a few minutes ago, but we feel like we've known each other for a long time. So welcome, Summer. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast series. Thank you very much for having me, Elle. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we're doing in Tasmania. Excellent. Thank you. Cool. So let's start. Just give us an overview of your family dynamic now, um, your age, if you're happy to reveal that, yeah. age of your children and your whole family makeup and what you kind of do for work as well. Sure. Uh, well, I've been a nurse for 20 years and a paediatric and neonatal intensive care nurse for about 18 and I've done child and family health nursing as well. But where I have got most of my life experiences is from being a mum. I'm a mum of six children. Well. Having said that, I only push four out, two of them are my step, but they've been with us forever. So I do like to say that I have six. So at the moment, their ages are 19, nearly 18, 17, 15, 11, and 9. So I'm very much out of the young child mode now mm -hmm. and able to discover where I fit into the world and put myself out there a lot more. So it's an exciting phase of my life now Beautiful. to actually start doing things for myself. Yeah, and you've got, you're doing some really incredible things, which I can't wait to talk about. Um, but tell us a bit first before yourself pre-children, so what you were kind of like and how you lived your life and um, and sure. your day-to-day. -day. Yeah. So, uh, for ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a nurse and I've always actually wanted to be Florence Nightingale. Mm. That was my <laughs> dream. But then I started doing nursing and started, I worked in England for a year and then when I came back, I actually wanted to do paediatric nursing. So I did that for a while before having a family. My love is for children mm. and for being with children and helping them and absolutely delighting in them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And did you do a lot of travel or did you have a different kind of carefree life pre-kids or how, what Gosh, was your life it like? it feels so long ago now. <laughs> I suppose in today's terms, I started my family quite young. I mm -hmm. was 24 when I had my first. So I really only had a few years where I was actually sort of out in the world after uni. So that was sort of nursing in Hobart and then traveling around Europe and working in England for a year. Yeah coming home and then buying a block of land, starting to build a house, had a baby and and then that, yeah, and that's it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then raising children yes. for that period of time. So do you, I mean, I don't believe in regrets. I don't believe in um, that nothing happened, you know, without reason to a certain extent. Sure. Do you... Um, is there a time that you look back on around that and wish you had have done more things or your journey is what it is and it's led to you where you are today? Oh, I very much believe in that everything that I have done has been an opportunity for me to grow and reach my highest potential. Mm. And like a lot of people in life, I have experienced heartbreak and I've experienced soul break. And I wouldn't like to think that any of that was for nothing. Mm. So my first marriage... Um, dissolved and I was single parenting with two 
very young children for a while and I, that for me was my biggest heartbreak in life and learning to stand on my own two feet and survive in the world on my own. But when I had my sixth child and I was caring for my grandmother as well and my dad was living with us, my husband was also working away and I had no support. I reached out in the world for support because people should all, you know, always say you just have to ask and, and things will be there for you. So I must admit that in my darkest days I rang and I reached out for support in the world. I called a lot of agencies and I discovered that there was no help there for me unless I had a concession card. Mm. And that was really hard for me because it was like I was almost unworthy of help because my husband earned too much. And, and to tell you the truth, he didn't earn that much back then. We were supporting six kids and I wasn't working, but it was clearly over that line. So that was a real eye-opener for me. And that then led to me struggling every single day to a point where I describe it as a total soul break, where my whole body and everything just fell apart. And that is one of my drivers now for wanting to support families and particularly rural families that are isolated, mm. that don't have that daily connection with family or friends, or they don't even have those inc incidental conversations of talking to somebody at the shop. So sort of that saying of having been there, done that, I don't want other mothers to have to suffer what I did and for the length of time. I think it took about mm. four years for me to get back on my feet again. Yeah. So you had obviously the experience that you went through um, in struggling during that time has led you to what you're doing now. Yes. How We'll talk about that in one mm. second, but how did you get through that time? Wow. Did you get help? Uh, I had to really pull on a lot of resources and it took a lot of time. So I was determined to be everything I could possibly be for my children. I knew my body wasn't working, but I had to find a way. So just thinking about it now, I think I need to take a deep breath, really. Mm. I tried to tick all the boxes. So exercise, healthy diet, all those sort of things. And it was a really hard lesson. But what I learned in this depletion of not having any energy and not being able to manage every day is that the opposite of depression is not happiness. It's actually energy. So it's the energy that you feel when you wake up in the morning to know that you're going to be okay and you're going to get through the day. I think it's a lot of people may assume that depression is a reflection of your personality and your motivation. But when I think about how I was feeling back then, I just had no energy. I just could not go through the day. My mind was telling me that I was lucky to have everything that I had in my life. I was very grateful for the privileged life that I was living, for my education, my home, my safety, my wealth. But my body was letting me down. So part of that experience for me was learning that whether you wanted to call it depression or depletion, I needed help beyond exercise and all the things we're taught about how to actually better manage our mind and ourselves. And in the end, for me, that was antidepressants. And that was a huge step forward for me in actually accepting that because I felt like I wasn't a depressed person. Mm. I had motivation. I loved my family and I knew that I was lucky, but for some reason my body was letting me down and my body wasn't feeling it. All I felt was the lack of energy to do all the things I wanted to do every day. Mm. Did this happen 
once your your youngest was born? Was this yes. when it was at its peak? So yeah. when I had my sixth child, I think I mentioned I was caring for my grandmother and I had my dad living with us as well. And there was it was just hard work. I wanted to, to do it all because I loved my life, mm. but I just found that I lacked energy. But then the world was feeling really surreal. And then to go from surreal to that foggy state of, I can't even carry a conversation with someone in the street because that's going to take my energy away. Mm. Mm. So what were you doing? Were you fully stay-at-home mum during that time? Like, to what point, what time did you start to get back into the workforce? Or? Several times I tried to go back to the hospital. So I was on the casual pool for the hospital. So every couple of months I'd try and do a shift or two. And then I'd think that I was doing okay. It's like, yep, okay, I can do, you know, one shift a week. I can do two shifts a week. But then I would fall over again. And then I would have the no energy all over again, which would last for weeks. So it felt like every time... I got myself sorted or I gained a bit more energy, it would really be quickly taken away from me. And it was only till I accepted that I needed antidepressants then that I then had the energy to do all the other things I needed to do to stay on top of things. So, you know, the exercise and getting out and about, um, enjoying life again. But I'm not suggesting this is the answer for everybody, but because my state of depletion went on for so long that the the thing, the healthy lifestyle wasn't going to do it for me. Mm. I needed I needed to tick all the boxes and start inside before you could, yes. you know, and getting your head right before you could externally put things into place, I guess. Yes, as yes. Well. And so I, I always encourage mothers to be doing all those beautiful, healthy things. But I also want mothers out there to realize that if you do need to take something to help you to get that boost of energy, to be the person that you want to be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to start medication if that's what you need, because in the end, you just want to be the best mum and partner and daughter and friend that you can be and enjoy life. Mm. And if that means taking some medication to help you do that, give yourself a break and do it. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned so you've, you have six children, five are at home. Now. Five are at home at the moment, yeah. yes. So how logistically, how does that all work? It's, it's great. We've been doing it for so long that we're just a team. Yeah, you've and got it all figured out. <laughs> yeah, and it's really just the youngest two that need lots of work. I mean, the older ones can sort themselves out. Mm. They're sort of more the emotional work of listening <laughs> and, and helping them through life's issues. But I think that we've just been doing routine and communication and helping out for so long that it's actually not as hard as what it seems. Mm. I've done the hard yards and that's when they were really little. Mm. Now it's just starting to get really fun. So I'm really glad to hear that because I'm in that real hard yard stage right Mm. now. And I know lots of the women that have been on the podcast series so far, it's been similar. Yes. We've all been like, we're in the thick of a really hard time. So in your unbelievable experience with six children yeah it gets easier it gets so much easier and it's just so fun it really Mm. is when they become teenagers people always talk about the negative side of teenagers and moods and crankiness and everything it is a lot of fun you can talk to them in a different way they help you out with the younger ones they may even have their license as well (laughs) Um, I found that really once my youngest got to the age of about four or five I then didn't think I would, but I started to have a little bit of time to start 
thinking and that led me to start reading books which mm. then led me to start almost like a, tra a treasure trail of clues as to what I could actually do in the world mm. and it was really exciting and one clue would lead to another then I would unravel that one and it would lead to another clue and another clue and yeah. when you just decide just to embrace the world and the universe and trust that there are exciting things out there it really is a lot of fun so I want you all to know that there is so much hope that that you will not just have a few days in a row of it's going to be okay. You mm. will have weeks of it. Mm, yeah. I think that's so good to know because, I mean, I, and, and, and as I'm sure many other women do, absolutely adore and love our children. Um, but just, yeah, these early stages, it is yeah. really, really tough. And the ages of, you know, of, you know I've got a three-nager at the moment, as yes. I call her, and she's just, she's the she gives me the greatest joy and the greatest challenges in yes. the whole world. Yes. And, you know, just there's so much beauty that you still obviously get being a mum and through that stage. And there's plenty of times that I just absolutely love it. But the times that can just get really, really, really tough, it's nice to know that, okay, as they do get older, and whilst you don't want to wish these younger years away at yes. all because they're beautiful and special as well, it's nice to know that, yeah, you can grow with them and, and, you know, almost sounds like a friendship almost yes, as well. Yes, definitely. Right. I know you're not supposed to, to say that because mm. your teenagers aren't your friends, but they will be moments where you feel like you're just having fun together yeah. and there's a friendship element there. Beautiful. But I also wanted to say too, just to reassure you, that if a three or four-year-old is going through that really difficult determined stage it is so normal and what it means is that they're starting to break away from you a little bit further they're wanting a bit more independence ready for school mm. so it's actually a really normal transition from home life to school life and once they get there and they get that stimulation and that socialization you'll see that element or that side of themselves just drop away mm, and okay. they become your your little buddy again mm, okay Amazing. <laughs> okay, so tell us now, so obviously your youngest was about four or five and that you said that's when you started to kind of open your mind about what you kind of wanted to do. Yeah. So talk about the journey, about what, how that sort of started and then sure. where you are now. So I went back to uni to do child and family health because I decided that I really wanted to help out families. I really wanted to use all my professional and personal experiences and really empower families. So I did that and started working in the community under the government setting, but I really struggled to stick to the screening and surveillance and the policies and procedures that we really do need, but I just felt like I had so much to give. So I decided just to be true to myself, start, you know, run my own race and start my own business, which is called Summer Breeze Consultancy, where I support parents in the early stages of parenting. So I do home visits, I run parenting groups, have consulting rooms, do presentations, that sort of thing. I even go into um, corporate businesses and help parents who have transitioned back to work with all the sleeping issues that may still be occurring at home or any issues that are occurring at home. But what came from that was still a desire to support rural parents and rural families because that was where I came from, that rural setting. So I started a rural support group for parents. It's called the Puddle Duck Parent Group. And it's called Puddle Duck because we actually go to a vineyard, which is really quite lovely, mm -hmm. sit there and talk. But it is a program designed to carry families and parents um, through the whole parenting journey, particularly um, in the first year or two of their journey. So we have this fantastic program with the child and family health where you have 
uh, child and family health nurse and you're connected for you know four to six weeks what I am trying to do is to continue that on I'm trying to provide a program for parents where they can continue to get that professional support and advice um, during that time with, of their mother's group and afterwards but I'm also trying to connect rural parents let them see that they're not alone mm. provide them with um, social media support phone calls do home visits where I can go in there and use my initiative common sense and multitask where I can help them out with the practicalities of running a household as well as help them out with whatever mother craft skills that I need so it's it's providing a service in the gap of our health service mm. at the moment mm. and you're spot on because I had you know I, I had my first daughter um, I was lucky that the classes that the hospital ran where I had my first, um, as in the new parent classes that they did all around mm. birth and then breastfeeding and then the first few days, weeks at home, um, it was fantastic. My, we, my husband and I, we got so much out of it and yeah. it was great. And I feel, I still, that lady, I can still remember the whole session she gave, particularly on breastfeeding, mm. is that, you know, I, I feel like I attribute a lot of that to how successfully I managed to breastfeed straight away both my girls yeah um and the advice that she gave that was just brilliant and then you know knowing that to come home and bring your baby home for the first time and literally like you know bring them out of the car seat or the capsule and plonk them yes. on the kitchen bench and go holy crap like that's right now, what that, that is so <laughs> normal and everyone feels exactly the same way yes and then, you know, the first few weeks fumbling your way through or figuring it all out, then going to the maternal health session and meeting the mums group and yeah. how brilliant that was. Yeah. And that was all fantastic. But then after that, it does kind of die off. Yes. There's nothing else that's yep. kind of there. And that's right. yes, you meet your mums group and that kind of thing. But sometimes it can be hard to go to those sessions. And yes. they're just other, other new mums as yes, well. Like that's they don't right. have a wealth of experience from raising six yes. children or that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, it's I can see it's definitely needed. I think that it's... Yes, in, in the space wonderful. of just six months, we've grown from five parents to now 49. Wow. So we're going to be running this program next year, two mornings a week, where we have facilitated structured, structured sessions, but we also sometimes have guest speakers who come in and talk about their area, whether it be something related to parenting or mm. not. So it's going to be a program for helping you with your parenting, but also a stimulating environment where you can perhaps learn about other things as mm. well. What about like, um, so a lot of my friends that have two children now have yes. talked about how there's, okay, there's some really great support networks and things that the council and everything like that government offer for first time baby and yes. all that sort of stuff. But there's nothing when you so, have a second baby. So this is for everybody. Mm. Whether you have one, two, five or ten babies, you come along because you need support. Mm. It doesn't matter how old your baby is either. So I have one mum who... Um, came along because her mother's group hadn't started yet, particularly mm. in rural areas. You can't join a parent group until there's enough babies yeah. born to actually warrant there being a group. So your baby may be three, four or five months old mm. but you're, before you're connected with a group. So you can come along when your baby is um, you know, a couple of weeks old, 10 months old, it doesn't matter. But what it means is that you have a variety and diverse range of parents connecting and talking to each other and learning from each mm. other. It's really valuable. So that obviously is fantastic what you're doing for people that are based locally. If there's anyone that is listening anywhere, they can have like 
get in touch so, with you for your services through yes so you can go to the summer breeze consultancy webpage sbconsultancy.com or you can look me up on facebook summer breeze consultancy but what i'm also trying to do at the moment is plug my youtube page which is summer breeze consultancy and i have three videos on there which highlight the importance of looking after parents in the early stages of parenting and particularly rural parents so i'd encourage you to have a look at the youtube clips and if you're interested in having a program in your area, contact me. And it doesn't have to be just in Tasmania. No. We are starting a foundation that is going to go nationwide to support parents in the early stages of parenting, no matter where they live. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So that sounds brilliant what you're doing. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Thank um, you. And thank you for sharing that with us. There My might be pleasure. some people listening that go, wow, this is something that I need and yeah. could reach out. So I think that's that's wonderful. So back to you in your life as being a mum. Yeah. How you've got a lot going on. Yes. yes. <laughs> you've got you've got six children. You've got this beautiful business that you're kind of, you know, building and growing. Yeah. Um, what are your what does your week look like right now? Uh, wow. Well, I've learned just to be extremely organized. So on Sundays I sit down and organize everything for the week. Um, you know, going right down to meals and lunch boxes and online shopping. So that's been something that I've had to do for years. You think when you have your first that you can be organized, but the more children you have, the more you realize you can take half jobs, you can do half jobs, <laughs> you can take shortcuts, mm. and there are lots of tips and tricks and strategies to actually make your life a lot more peaceful at home. So I won't go into all of those right now, but if you're interested in learning, just let me know know mm -hmm. um, but in that week I put boundaries in place I love to do school drop-off and I'm always there for school pickup and mm -hmm. for the afternoons that's not for everybody but in order to manage a busy household I love to be there after school so the evening then goes really well mm -hmm. so organization and being there after school is important to me but the other thing is I love a good nap so I love <laughs> I another nap. Time for that. so I make sure that I have a nap because that recharges my brain and it yeah. recharges my brain more than meditation or yoga okay. but for some people that that'll be their thing mm. my thing is a good nap mm -hmm. okay and um, you travel a bit for work right as well I do yeah yes how do you fit all that in and what happens with well because my husband has traveled all of our marriage to Melbourne Canberra and Sydney he is I'm so lucky he would now like to be there at home once a fortnight running the show mm. so he's allowing me well I shouldn't say that we have decided that mm. once a fortnight I will actually travel interstate and not and do things for myself for the business that actually give me an opportunity to feel like what it's like to be in the world on my own mm. um which is really different for me after being at home mm. for so long yeah. so i'm enjoying getting on a tram on my own yeah i'm enjoying it feels weird doing stuff by it, yourself it does. sometimes doesn't it ordering <laughs> a drink on my own yeah. creating a coffee name yeah. on my own yeah. all those yeah. little things <laughs> so i i really have to put it down to the the marriage that i have and the fact that mm. we have decided together that it's my time to put myself out yeah, there. Fantastic. And yeah. great. You've got a supportive husband and family that obviously supports all of that. Exactly. My, my teenagers too, they support Yeah, me, that's so wonderful. Very lucky. So how do so you feel on top of all of that right now? Are you feeling yeah. like, yeah, you guys are just a unit as a team? I and do. This is the I, goal. I, and, yeah, yeah, I really feel like not, none of it is perfect, but life's not supposed to mm. be. But I'm really happy with where I am right mm. now. That's amazing. Yeah. What do you do? Just for yourself right now, do you have any self-care things that you do to focus just on you aside from outside of your 
family and your business. <laughs> and the nana nap. That's your self care. <laughs> That's right. Um, things like this. I love connecting with like minded people. I love putting myself out there and having random coffees with people that I've connected with with social media yeah. and finding out who's in the world and what's going on. But I am naturally a really creative person. So my form of meditation is actually to do something with my hands. Okay. For my husband, his form of meditation is actually to go and play golf. Yeah. For me, it's doing something creative. So I'll sometimes go find a bag of sticks yeah. and then come home and make a, you know, a random dream catcher. I have yeah, so right. many of them hanging around the garden. You know, It looks <laughs> like a gypsy commune or something. Yeah. But I love making jewelry. I love making things with paper. I just love to do things with my hands. So yeah. if I need to have that total zone out time mm -hmm. that you get from perhaps reading a book mm. or something for me it's creativity mm. doing something with my hands and and making sure that I make the time for that yeah. and most of the time it's actually with the kids if yeah. I can be creative with the kids making something it's even that better all the boxes. it does yeah so it's funny that you say that because um I used to I was going through this journey earlier this year where I was like really caught up in everything of being a mom and lost my own identity and was sort of struggling with what my new life looked like particularly yeah. I didn't really go through that as much when I had my first but when yeah. I had two it was just like wow I don't have just finding time to do stuff but yeah what I found was I was ending up making the time thing an excuse because yeah. when the girls go down there's all this space at the end of the night where yes. I'm like I could be doing stuff but I yeah. just I couldn't actually figure out what that was that I wanted to yeah. do and I joined a couple of this mum project yeah. as I've talked about before and figured out those things and yeah. now it's like once I figured out that one thing it's just broadened it out into yes. all these different things. And I've realized I've got yep. all these passions and interests. Yes. I didn't even know were there. But sometimes when you're like, okay, I know I need to do something as a mom, but I'm busy and the time thing and yeah. all of that, but just trying to figure it out. I just think for me, what worked was starting small, like yes. just starting with one little thing. And for me, it was something that was um, good for my soul. Yes. I say it, my husband Definitely. laughs at me when I say it, but that literally just started with donating plasma at yep. the Red Cross Fantastic. every two weeks. Wow. And I started there and now all of a sudden it's broadened out and resulted in me, wow. you know, in doing this podcast. That's so, like a, that tre um, treasure trail of clothes leading yeah, you to something. You That's fantastic. Before, exactly. And all different interests. Like, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a creative yeah. person at all. So what you were saying about the sticks and the dream catchers, that yeah. to me, that's just, that's not my thing yes. at all. But it's your thing and that's yeah. what's working for you. Everyone's different. It's yes. just about figuring out what that is. And I think I'd like to uh, to mention there, I've talked about that with a lot of mums and their fear is the fact that they actually don't know what their thing is mm. and how do they figure that out. And what I would say in response to that is have fun with the trial and error. Mm. Try things and if you don't like it, do something else. It's not giving up. It's giving something a go, saying, hey, that wasn't for me and trying something else. And you might go through a dozen things before you find that one thing. I mean, my husband will tell you the number of things that I have tried and then stopped. He was like, oh my God, you're just one of those people that's just, you know, just doesn't know what they're doing and just flitters <laughs> around. But I, it was a conscious thing. I did horse riding. Yeah. I went to cake decorating classes. I, I did surfing. I did all these things until basically it came down to doing something with my hands. Yeah. And for a long time, that was actually jewelry making. Mm -hmm. um, and that would help me through those moments of I've got no energy I really want to do something and I need distraction to stop remunerating on the fact that I can't improve my situation mm, mm. so it became doing things with my hands but for other people please I really
really encourage you to take that journey of discovery of what it is. If something just sparks your interest a teeny tiny bit, run with it until you don't, you're not having any fun anymore because it's supposed to be about having fun. Mm. Just give things a go. Yeah. that My mum coach, um, in, I call her my mum coach. That's not really what she is, but it's yeah. probably the easiest way to explain it. Just sort of said, and she's very spiritual. Yeah. Um, so some of this might people might not resonate with. And initially I was a little bit like, oh, this is not me, but yeah. I'm totally going on that journey now too. Um, she's always said, she firmly believes all the answers are inside. It's yes. literally just figuring out what they are. Yeah. And just because you turn around and go, right, I'm going to go and do something that's my passion, doesn't mean you're going to, yeah, like you say, yeah. you're not going to figure that out from the get-go, but yeah. just try it. You just don't know. Like, you know, giving blood is not exactly a passion, but it was something that I started doing that was yes. just like, I'm. this is starting to fill my cup and yeah. do some stuff. And it just sort of, yeah, it just broadens it out. So you just start, just a trial and error thing. Like, yeah. just because you start with something doesn't mean you have to continue it. Yes. You just give it to go and then yep. it will lead you to somewhere That's else right. so. and if it's still um, seeming too hard just go grab a magazine turn the pages mm. look at the colors look at the pictures and see what excites you yeah yeah that's good advice so what about um obviously you've gone on this journey the last few years and you're really you know putting a lot into your business and building something really beautiful yeah um do you how do you feel about mum guilt I just think it's, oh, oh, definitely. I just Mm. think it's there for the ride. It's Mm. there for the journey. (laughs) I carry it with me every single, every single day. And I think we're born, I think as we're, when when we become a mother, we then have mother guilt and we have, oh, oh. I can't even think of the other one right now, but we, but we, we, as soon as we become mothers, we have that with us. And I think mm. just accepting that we're going to have mother guilt is part of the journey and then learning how to manage it. Mm. Um, I can tell my friends all the time, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. You deserve that, that sort of thing. But I think just recognizing that it's there and learning how to manage it is actually yeah. really important. Yeah. Yeah. And not, um, like I've, for myself, I do this. Like I talk about in my first episode um, and say things really confidently. And that's yeah. because I was on a day where I was like, things are good and I'm under control. But the last couple of days, you know, you take a hit and you don't feel yes. under control and things are really hard. And um, it's I sometimes go back and listen to my own podcast to the yeah. stuff that I was saying when I was on a good high and feeling yeah. good about things and yeah. listening to my own advice in that I think just trying to get that rational voice yes, back to it. Like exactly. you, so that you get lost in your head of thinking, oh, you know, this isn't right and, you know, my children are suffering or whatever. But as soon as you try to just bring that rational thought back, you yes. kind of go, hang on, yeah, this is what you think it looks like up in your head. But yeah. when you voice it out, like, yeah, journaling yeah. as well is another one that, you know, yes. you start to write things down exactly. and you kind of start solving your own problems. I, I think sometimes when you're in those overwhelming moments of not feeling good about yourself, sometimes it helps to remember just not to take yourself quite so seriously mm. and be kind to yourself. But if you're still struggling with all that, put something motivational on. Yeah. Find a song that really means something to you, that really gets you going because it, it's amazing what song, story and music can actually do for us. So if you're mm. absolutely stuck with those thoughts, think about putting on a song. Yeah, good idea. Um, or good advice. I like that. I do that a lot. I'd put a little yeah. in my car. Yeah, that's like... right. <laughs> um, okay, any sort of like um, key pieces of advice or any other messages that you want to get across? This episode's obviously all about you. So if there's anything that you really want to um, 
speak about or any sure. yeah, key piece of advices or anything like that that you wanted to? Okay, well, one of the messages I wanted to put across, um, I've said already, but I'm going to say it again, and that is that the key message with depression or postnatal depression is that the opposite is not always happiness. Mm. It's energy. And I think when we start to think of it that way, it's a change maker. Mm. That we're not seeing it, then it's reflection of motivation and personality. It's something else altogether. Mm-hmm. And when you're thinking about the fact that your body is depleted, but and the reason for that may be the word depression or whatever, we can still work at it in a different way. So that's one message I wanted to get across. The other message, of course, is that I'm really trying hard to support rural parents. So please have a look at the Summer Breeze Consultancy videos on YouTube about how I'm trying to support rural parents. But the other thing that I'd like to leave with you today is my, my message, and I'm just going to write on Elle's hand mm-hmm. here, W. I N. Okay, so I do this with my mothers in my home visits, in parenting groups everywhere. So in these moments where you're feeling really overwhelmed and depleted and the noise in your head or in the background is getting louder and louder and you don't know what to do, I want you to grab a pen and write W-I-N on your hand, win. I often put it on my left hand because that's where I hold my coffee cup and I can see W-I-N. W-I-N means what's important now. So you need to put your two feet on the ground, plant yourself to earth, take a big deep breath and think what's important now. Sometimes you might need to close your eyes as you do that, as you do that, and the answer will come to you. If it's not coming to you straight away, keep practicing and it will slowly come. So that might be that you actually just need to sit down quietly and do a reader with your four or five year old. It might be to put the kettle on and have a cup of tea, but it's a simple act of doing that, that all the complications and mess seem to just drop away and sort themselves out later. Mm. In that moment, you just need to take a deep breath and think what's important now. And it and you feel better. Mm. You feel like, okay, actually, Right now, I just I need to go to bed. I need to put some Ellen on TV and get some mojo. <laughs> mm. But listen to yourself in that moment and see what it is that your body needs and respond. The more time, the more times you practice that exercise, the quicker the answer will come. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good reminder. I um, I'm definitely going to start doing that. Writing on people's hands. Yeah, literally, <laughs> and my own, and, and yep. probably my left because I drink with my uh, left hand too. So right. I think that yeah, because I think we, especially I think the mum guilt side of it, and just you know, a bit feeling overwhelmed and anxious and stressed and stuff. It's like. Um, I said this to a friend the other day, um, anxiety is fear and fear is false evidence appearing real, right? And it's just worrying about something that's not actually happening. And yeah, just thinking about too much in the future and what could or couldn't go wrong and what you got to do and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's just kind of like, well, just bring it back to what's happening in that situation. Like that's... That's it's kind of got two meanings. It's like, let's just keep winning at life. It's exactly. kind of like that motivating, exactly. like, you've win got every this. Day. We yeah. have, we've so got this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It's thank just been you. so wonderful to meet you. It's been you. really lovely. Thank We're you very much. definitely going to keep connected. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you to the listeners. This was Episode 5. Um, episode 6 will be released in the next couple of days. Thank you.